Hey St. John, welcome to the Post-Sermon Podcast. I am Deaconess Dahlia, and with me today is Pastor Adam. Hey Deaconess. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. So what is the text that you preached on for this past Sunday? Well, so this past Sunday, it was Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 through 9. It was um, almost the whole chapter, and it connects very well with the gospel reading of the parable of the wedding feast. I kind of wish the whole chapter was included. I kind of wish that too. Yeah. There's some cool stuff in the remaining verses. I could have went there, but we did not. And I think this is probably one of the more well-known passages from Isaiah, right? Actually, I don't know. I think people really have like their favorite places of Isaiah and um, I mean like the suffering servant 52, 53 there's comfort, comfort, right? Chapter 40. But yeah, this is, um, it's very much a grand conclusion to this section of the book of Isaiah. I mean, chapters 40 to 55, like this is the culmination of the, the, the suffering servants work and the gracious invitation of, of Yahweh to Israel. Yeah. And I mean, there's just so much in here. I feel like that's probably kind of an intimidating passage to choose to preach on. Uh, So tell me, what direction did you go on um, with this passage and and in your sermon? I really liked leaning into the idea of, I mean, God is inviting uh, without restraint. You know, buy these things. You don't even need money. (laughs) Uh, buy these things without money, buy these things without price. And on top of it, it's more than just uh, the people of Israel or the people of Judah, but it's this invitation has a much broader reach. And so I kind of like that aspect of, you know, God is sort of the the salesman on the street corner, you know, inviting people to come to his marketplace. But you said he was not a very good salesman, right? In, in our sense, right? In, 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 in our <laughs> that ways. That he's giving yeah. away something for free without cost. Right, right. And, and very much ties in those last verses of the reading that God's ways are not our ways. And so much of the book of Isaiah is displaying that the gospel is God's ways are not our ways. Uh, one of my favorite professors at seminary that would teach the book of Matthew, you know, echoed that that line of Isaiah again and again is Jesus subverts all expectations. And in Matthew is even subverting expectations as God reveals his rule and reign through his son, Jesus. Yeah. That part always reminds me of when God, um, when he talked to Job and he questioned him, like where, where, where was he when he laid da- laid the foundations of the earth and you know, all that stuff. And I don't know, just, I think in that example showed that his, ways were not Job's ways, right? And I don't know, it's kind of cool to see that in Isaiah as well here. Yeah, it's just so embedded in the Christian faith. I mean, the ideas of of the existence of evil or Christian faithfulness and suffering and how even God employs suffering for his purposes. And uh, Yeah, and Paul talks about like the foolishness of the cross. Yes. Or just the wisdom of this age, at least what the world would consider wise is just very different than what we see in scripture and how God reveals himself um, and especially on the cross in particular, right? Right. Uh, uh, king Jesus, you expect a king on this majest- uh, majestic royal throne, all this sort of thing. And yet there's King Jesus enthroned there on the cross, crowned with thorns, not with jewels. His royal court is thieves on either side of him and all the people there are not uh, worshiping him or giving him obeisance. They're mocking him. 
God's ways are not our ways. My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. And that is, that is the gospel, is this complete inverting of what we come to expect of things. So tell me, what is the central teaching of your sermon? Uh, the central teaching for the sermon was uh, God graciously, indiscriminately invites people to belong to his saved family. And you did this in a really interesting way, right? You passed out pens, or the ushers passed yeah, out pens. Yeah, where's your, where's your bulletin with your name on it? No, that's that's not for you to know. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyways, you asked us to think of someone who is still living that we considered evil and to write down their name. And where were you going with that? Well, uh, I was wondering how how to get into a few ideas of the faith deaconess. And I guess in no particular order, one of them is the reality of grace alone. You know, we speak of this, uh, grace alone, right? Reformation will be observed this coming Sunday. Uh, what does that mean? We are saved all the same way. No matter uh, the person, we are saved by God's grace. Not our works, not our merits, not our reason, not how pure our doctrine is, you know, not all these other things we try to elevate to differentiate ourselves. We are saved by God's grace. And when taken seriously, grace alone is such an offensive thing because the, uh, the, the person on death row comes to faith in Christ. That person is saved the same way as, as I am and you are and whoever is listening right now. And that's sometimes a hard thing for us to, to trust yeah, you, you were saying no, something. I was going to say, yeah, and I think that when we had to write that down that name, like, for whatever reason, this person, whether they had, like, hurt us or maybe they had er- hurt other people, um, that this person we considered evil, and that, that could be a stumbling block to maybe seeing them how God can see them, right, through... Through the cross of Christ, how and how He sees us, yes, and and kind of like what Isaiah fifty five is about—that God gives out this grace without restraint. That that can be extended to uh, the name that we wrote down. Right, right. So, so, I mean, collectively, all of us, we all put Christ on the cross. Right. right. It's it's the literal people in Jesus's day that crucified Him, but we all, by our sin, all of us put Jesus on the cross and we are all saved by the grace that flows from his cross, his blood washing our sins. And so that's one idea is this idea of grace alone and we're all saved the same. And so maybe to invite us to think about it, uh, Matthew chapter 20, you have the parable of the workers in the vineyard and how the master keeps going out and hires in the beginning of the day, in the middle of the day. And finally the last hour, he kind of brings in these workers and they all get paid the same and how, uh, the workers who labored all day get ticked about this. And the master's just like, aren't, allowed to, aren't I allowed to do with what's mine? Or I think of the example of the prodigal son and the older son um, gets really upset right? that, that um, his father um, opens his arms to welcome his, his son who rebelled against him. Right, and when the father goes out to his older son later that night during the feast in the darkness... Right to, in a sense, retrieve his other son too. Uh, son, all I have is yours. I mean, th- it's that idea. And so the idea that we're all saved by grace alone is 
is an idea I wanted to communicate with how I went about the sermon. And that takes me to another idea that's related to this grace alone thing. And even just how to present it, Deaconess, this is something I really wonder with the sermon and why I went about the way I did, is I didn't want to go down the route of, you know, like there is the, who's a serial killer? Was it, was it Dahmer, you know, who came to faith in Christ before he's... Oh, did he? I, I think so. There's oh, someone, okay. I can't remember. Um, we'll meet him in the new creation. Um, I could have gone down the route of saying, look at this man, look at all the crimes he did, the wickedness, the evil, ex- absolutely what it is. And Jesus saves him. That's good news. It's true. But I think sometimes how those stories can be presented is, okay, he's really, really wicked. I'm also, I'm not as wicked, so I can be saved too. And to remind us that our sins really are our sins. And again, we all put Christ on the cross. But don't you think we're also kind of comparing ourselves to the name that we wrote down? I think so. And that was kind of it. Um, and that was part of the idea as opposed to kind of holding up a one example and kind of talking about it collectively, I thought at least individualizing it for each person. Right. And then turning it around at the end to say, and now we follow our saviors, you know, love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. And even to pray for those um, who are in the faith or not in the faith kind of thing. And I think also one of the challenges, too, with this approach was, I don't know, you know, if some of the names that are written down, and and I don't know (laughs) what they were, um, someone could have wrote down someone who is a Christian, right? Or I I don't know. Yeah, maybe. And so that's that's also kind of tricky, too, is, you know, only looking at works, and clearly that person's a Christian by their works, and their, you know, their good works, well, clearly they're Christian. Well, we can't go by that route either. And so I hope you're kind of hearing that just some of my sort of collision of ideas, theme of grace alone, sin, judging each other by our works, comparing one another, and rather just saying, you know, rather just my hope was just how do we lean into the truth of our Lord prays for us, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, and we're, we're purchased by Christ. And what also do Christians do? They pray. You know, we often begin our prayers, deaconess, with uh, what is it? Let us pray for the church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. And it's not just a select group of people, it is really all of them. Um, and that was, um, I thought that would be a challenging thing for us to lean into, but a, a good and faithful thing too, especially as we think about the gospel reading in Matthew 22, the people who reject the invitation and the master's like, just go find whoever you can and bring them in. Um, I do have another question about your sermon. Um, but I think this here submitted question will kind of go along with them with it. Um, I know the title of your sermon is Them and They. You got into this a little bit. And then this question has to do with them and they. Does the them and they of Christ's prayer include Satan? What a fun question. So talk about, I mean, maybe talk about like. let's end the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about them and they and where you were going with that. Right. So this goes back to Jesus's prayer from Luke. uh, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I was just sort of employing that uh, prayer of Jesus to connect to us that, yes, Jesus is literally praying for the people who are crucifying him and mocking him. And they don't realize in great irony 
that by their wickedness, God is accomplishing his good purposes to save the world, right? My ways are not your ways. You know, the, the cross, the passion, it's so full of irony and subversion and opposites of expectation, right? They put the title above him, King of the Jews, to mock him. That's exactly who he is, right? It is, it is gospel truth. Um, in, in Matthew's gospel, the crowd says, let his blood be on us and on our children. As a sort of like, we'll take the, the guilt. But isn't that exactly what we need is the blood of Christ on us to wash us white? of our sins. Now we're back to Isaiah 1 sort of stuff. Our sins are like scarlet. So Jesus, yeah, literally prays for the people there. He also prays for everyone else who put on the cross, which is us by our sins. We're part of that them and they. And that's part of, you know, as the church, we are these these believers and we hear, we hear the gospel and trust it. And that is part of the good news that Jesus prays for us from the cross. But Jesus didn't just come uh, to save a select group began to save the whole world, which means even the names we have on our on our bulletin pages too that we wrote down. And so that was kind of my idea was just to employ the them and the day they to slowly incorporate everyone into it and kind of deal with those ideas of grace alone and sin and comparison and some of the things I mentioned earlier. Right. No, I like that. Jesus, he didn't come just to die for those that he knew would believe one day like he died for the whole world including the people that we wrote down who may or may not die in saving faith we don't know um right. but he died for the whole world right and sometimes you kind of hear like when jesus hung on the cross you were on his mind which is, right. which, is like which is a it's a beautiful word of gospel and you're on his mind because he loves you you're on his mind because he's paying for your sins it's just both of these things father forgive them for they know not what they do. So then going back to that question, is oh, Satan man, included want, I in I thought we that. could just avoid that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> is Satan included in that? Uh, Satan is not included in that because Satan is a fallen angel. He's a he's not a person. Right, he's a different, different creature altogether. Um, I don't know how much we want to get into like angelology stuff here, but just the quick answer is no, because Satan's not a human being. He's an angel fallen angel at that. If we want to go a little further, uh, we can kind of speak to that uh, when uh, the devil and the other fallen angels fell away, they right they rebelled against God. Uh, the sort of way we talk about it is that they were kind of confirmed in their rebellion, that there's no sort of return for the devil and his angels. They are just kind of doomed to their what's going to come to them. And the angels that did not fall away, they also kind of confirmed in their standing before God. They're not going to fall away either. Um, that's, that's a way we'll kind of speak of it. So if you guys have more questions about that stuff or honestly any matter of the faith as well, it doesn't have to be part of the sermon. You could be not paying attention during the sermon and write a different question down. We will deal with that in the post-sermon podcast. And most especially, we'll make Vicar Tim deal with the questions too. I like that. Yeah. Or maybe you could just have a sermon that's just on it. Yeah. I that, did. of course, is Christ-centered, but... Uh, I, uh, a few years ago, we had um, the Feast of St. Michael and All Angels, September 29th. That's that, true. That sermon's still out there, and I, I talk about angels in there really fully. Um, I really like that sermon, by the way, which means it's probably not that good of a sermon. I can't really <laughs> remember it off the top of my head, but I'm sure it was really good. That's generous. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess maybe to close out, Deaconess, uh, the sermon 
is dealing with difficult things. And part of the difficulty is these things are tied to God's ways, which absolutely conflict with our ways and, and our thinking and our sort of logic. And that's the nature of grace alone. That's the nature of Christ and the cross. How could one man pay for the sins of the whole world? Well, it is the God man for us and on on. And Christians are called to do difficult things as they're brought into the realities of God. And they don't always sit well with us. And, and I recognize the exercise we, we did, if you will, during the sermon was not meant to just be a sort of cheap illustration, but Christians love their enemies and pray for those who persecute them. Uh, Christians seek to evangelize uh, those who want to hurt them too. And that's, that's part of the deal. It's part of uh, the way of the cross just as Christ has done for us. This wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to our discussion. In case you missed the sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermon's in the show notes. You can also find it on our church website, stjohndublin.org. If you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Thank you, Pastor, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. Thanks, Deaconess. All right, take care, you guys. Bye. Bye, all.